and welcome back to the Tax Chick Podcast. Today, we are making history because we are having the first ever crossover episode of the Tax Chick Podcast. Today, I am joined by Leandra Letterman, who is one of the creators of the Break Into Tax YouTube series. And Leandra and I decided it might be fun to do a bit of a crossover. So today's episode, you can hear not only on my podcast, but you can also watch uh, our actual video feed along with some extra information and, and a few extra surprises on the Break Into Tax YouTube channel. So please do check out both. A little bit about my guest today. So Leandra Letterman is the William W. Oliver Professor of Tax Law and Director of the Tax Program at the Indiana University Mars School of Law. She has published over 50 articles and she co-authors a book on tax procedure and a book on corporate taxation. Letterman is ranked as one of the 10 most frequently cited U.S. tax scholars in the Brian Leader Law School Reports. Leandra is a lot of fun, and we had such a great time recording this podcast episode together. We ended up tackling a couple of topics that we realized popped up for us a lot. So one of our topics is, you know, why do we practice tax or why do we love tax? We also talk about what it's like to be a woman in the tax profession. And finally, we wanted to talk a little bit about how Leandra and I have chosen to, to do something that is maybe a bit unconventional with our tax practices. She has a YouTube channel and I have a podcast. Why did we do that? What, what does that add to our day or, or what is the purpose behind it? I really enjoyed having this chat with Leandra and I hope that you enjoy it as well. So without further ado, on to the episode. So Leandra, you and I have chatted about how I have a little practice on my podcast that usually I ask all my guests um, the same question. I think it's a really fun way to get to know people. And so you've agreed to let me ask you this on our crossover episode. So my question is, what is the emoticon or emoji that you use most often when texting? I would have to say it's the big smile, like the grinning <laughs> smile. I sort of feel like the regular smile kind of looks a little, you know, a little sullen, more so than I want to look when I'm conveying an emotion of happiness. So I, I, <laughs> I use that big smile a lot. So how about you? Let me turn it back at you. What emoji do you use most often? Well, lately it's been the the lady with the face palm, you know, with the on top of her head. That's been lately. And then otherwise, I love the two little pink hearts that are kind of diagonal. It feels less uh, intense than the red heart and so more appropriate for larger situations. Those are my two. <laughs> We're going to cover three main topics today. First, why tax? Second, what about being a woman in tax? And third, why a podcast or a YouTube channel? So Amanda, can you start us off with the first question. I'm really excited about these topics today. It's, it's fun to have the chance to chat with someone who likes to geek out on tax as much as I do. So our, our first topic is why tax? I mean, I, and I'm really curious to hear about this from you. Why do you love being in the tax profession? And what is it about tax that really sparks your joy? I love that tax is a bit of a logic game. It's a bit <laughs> of a puzzle. And I also love that tax is something of a language. It's a code that you can crack as you acquire more expertise. So 
languages were really my first, gosh, I hate to say they were my first love, but (laughs) (laughs) languages were my first real intellectual passion. And to me, tax is an outgrowth of that. Plus the fact that I also have always really liked math. So you kind of combine math and language and I think you you get tax law. (laughs) Well, I have to do a little segue now because I have to ask you, so what languages um, can you speak? So I speak French and Spanish pretty fluently. I've, um, I've, I've studied... So I can understand Italian pretty well. I studied that a bit online um, several years ago while, while at Indiana University where I teach. And I started learning German in 2015. I've taken some undergraduate classes also at Indiana University, some about at the intermediate level. So those are, oh, and uh, those are the main ones. Although I did also study Japanese for several years in college. It's just that it was back in the 1980s. And so I haven't used it for a really long time. So my Japanese is really poor. I'm hoping to take a trip to Japan at some point again in the future. And I would work on recovering at least a basic level of tourist Japanese to do that. (laughs) That's fabulous. I've always been fascinated by languages, but I just took core French in in high school. And then other than that, I've been on Duolingo now for, you know, a couple of years trying to learn my Spanish because my husband and I were supposed to go to Spain for our honeymoon, never made it there because of COVID. But there was a bit of a goal. And so I'm still trying to learn. And I think I can ask where the bathroom is and how to order a beer. And that's about where I'm at at this point. But it's a really fabulous way to kind of get a little bit of another language on a daily basis. But I've I've always loved to learn about other languages and what words mean in other languages. So I never thought about tax as a language. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. And I really hope you get to go to Spain because Spain is just it's 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 so wonderful it's such I teach a short course in Spain every year and in Pamplona in the north of Mm. Spain I haven't gotten to go in person this year or last because of the pandemic but usually I take the opportunity to travel and see a little more of Spain each time and it's it's such a wonderful country the food is delicious Mm. it's so varied there's so many sites to see and the people are so warm and welcoming So it's really lovely. My fingers are crossed. We will make it there. There maybe in Portugal, but now I can feel like I can add tax as another language that I know. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can speak in code, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, so let me, so can I turn it around and ask you then? Sure. Sure. so, So let me ask you the same question, Amanda. Why are you a tax geek? Hmm. So it was interesting because as I was listening to you talk, I realized that we have very different approaches to why we love what we do. I detest math, like hate it. My mother was a bookkeeper. And when I was growing up, it was fun for her to make me do long division. Like that was her idea of a good time. That is still not my idea of a good time. I took all the math courses, but just detested every moment of it. And I think why I love taxes, I do see it as a puzzle like you do. But I believe the tax doesn't have to be as complex as people make it. And so I like to take those really complex tax concepts and to break them down so that 
everybody can understand them and to share that and to understand the intersection of policy and tax, I find fascinating. I think tax impacts every aspect of our day. And I think once you start practicing tax, it's hard not to see it everywhere. And that tax is a reflection of our governments, of our policies, of our, our social context. And so I find it fascinating to learn about different countries and their tax policies, because I think it tells you a little bit about their people and what's important to them. And I, I just think tax is never going to go anywhere. It's always going to be here. So why not learn about it? And why not make it a little easier for everyone to digest? So that's what makes me a bit of a tax geek, I guess. So that was really interesting, Leandra. I really enjoyed learning that about you. And I, there's another question that you and I had talked about, kind of our second topic, and I'm going to pass it back over to you because I'm really curious to have you kind of introduce the second topic for us. So our second topic relates to being a woman in tax. So Amanda, what are your thoughts on that? Or do you have any advice for women who want to break into tax? Mm, that's such a good question. I, I think that there are more and more women who are starting to practice in this particular area in, in particular in Canada, but we're definitely still in the minority and it tends to be a profession that was, um, that was more male dominated. And so what I found difficult was finding peers and other people that I could relate to in this area. I think that if you're a woman and you're interested in the practice of tax, the, the key from my perspective is you can do that. There are no limitations to what you can do. And even though the practice of tax requires some extra education, it requires a lot of, of keep up. What I think you need to keep in mind is that that can fit within your practice goals. And there are many different ways to practice tax. So you can practice tax as a sole practitioner or within a law firm, or you can teach tax or even just having that expertise as in-house counsel for a corporation. You need to sort of broaden your horizons for what practicing tax can look like. And it is a rewarding career and an exciting career. And if you're someone that loves to learn and loves change and loves to kind of be on the cusp of things, then tax law is for you. And in particular, if you're someone who is a little scrappy, like I am, and enjoys having good legal arguments, then tax controversy work is something that you really want to consider because that is such a wonderful place to hone your advocacy skills and to get to have real conversations about the law. I think that's why I love it so much. It's not even so much about strategy. It's about having the opportunity to interpret sections of a piece of legislation. And there is something to be said about being able to pick up a book or in your case in the US, multiple books, uh, which has all the information in it. And you have to go to that section and the answer is there but the answer is not so clear to everyone. And so to get to have that type of an academic argument is fascinating. So I guess my takeaway is just, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what gender you are or where you've come from. Anyone can practice tax. And if it's something that gets you kind of excited or gets you interested, pursue that. Don't let anyone kind of hold you back because anyone can do this. And it's such a rewarding and fulfilling career. So those are my thoughts on tax, but I'm really curious to hear your thoughts, Leandra. Well, I wanted to echo both your statement that anybody can do this. Don't let any barriers stand in your way and the plug for tax controversy work, which I think sometimes gets overlooked and is such a really fun, interesting area that merges tax expertise with litigation. 
there's often a need for people who can do tax controversy work. And so that's something to keep in mind. I would say also that tax, uh, tax is a skill set. And so it's something that's, it can be um, just really nice to have a particular skill set that you can point to as what you can bring your clients. And whether in whatever practice setting you're in, as you mentioned, Amanda, my current sense of the proportion of women in tax is that it's fairly high, but I think my perception is skewed because I'm in legal academia. And even though I interact with tax lawyers, you know, fairly regularly when I go to American Bar Association tax section meetings, I'm not really seeing like a representative sample of people who practice tax. And within legal academia, you know, anecdotally, there are just a fair amount of women in tax. Mm. So um, I don't feel, and I haven't for years sort of felt like I'm in the minority. But that mm. said, I have earlier in my career, particularly worked in some very male environments. Mm-hmm. So when I practiced tax, that was back in the early 1990s, there really were a lot more male tax lawyers than female tax lawyers. And I just don't have a sense as to whether that's still true in the law firms now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it is to a certain extent, uh, in particular in Canada, just because of the additional training and, and ongoing work that's required, it, it's often difficult to have that happen at the same time as raising families. And, and so I think we're seeing that drop off. There's a huge drop off in Canada with women leaving private practice as a whole, like not even just tax. And when I think about my graduating class, I mean, I can count on one hand, the number of women who are still in private practice, you know, 14, 15 years out. So I think that's just happening on a, on a bit of a broader scale. I know that throughout my career, I've walked into many rooms where I've been the only woman uh, or one of a handful of women. And um, I, I like to beat to my own drum. And I don't believe that the that a tax lawyer needs to look a certain way, or talk a certain way. Um, so I, I remember going to a conference a couple of years ago, and I wore my leopard print dress. It's a nice flowy dress. It's, you know, very appropriate and long sleeves. And I walked into a sea of black suits, and everyone stopped and looked at me kind of weird. And I gave a big smile and I sat down because that's who I am. And so I think that for, for women who are wanting to enter into this area, at least in Canada, it still is very male dominated, but there are wonderful people um, who practice in this area. And I think that you will find the tax community is very welcoming. And I don't know if you find that as well in the States, but it's maybe because of, it is like our own language. It's really wonderful to meet others who practice in this area, who teach in this area, because you all have this common shared love of something. And so you can get together and have that conversation. And I don't really feel like that happens in many other areas of the law. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's certainly true in the U.S. that you have a much higher representation of women at junior levels than at senior mm-hmm. levels. And that hasn't, that doesn't seem to have been just a generational phenomenon mm-hmm. that, you know, this is like, this is outside my area of expertise, but sort yes. of from, from what you know, I'm aware of, it seems like you, you know, you definitely have a lot fewer female partners than female associates. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, that is because of, of women tending to leave law firms, et cetera. Um, but I do know quite a number of senior women, and that's because over time I've become a senior woman myself. And so, you know, I have LLM classmates who, um, you know, who I'm in touch with and they're still in practice mm -hmm. and, you know, people who um, I met, for example, when I clerked for the U.S. tax court back in 93, 94. And, you know, so it's, um, it's nice to see that there are a fair amount of senior women and that, and you're absolutely right, the same experience here, it's a community. Mm -hmm. There's a community of tax people. And then there's also a pretty strong women in tax there community, is. which is, is really nice to see. And I like to see that, you know, there's there's mentoring of junior people. It's great to kind of bring along the next generation of tax lawyers and, and tax professors. Well, and I think if anyone's, you know, watching this or listening to this and, and thinks to themselves, I don't really know a lot about tax. Well, then number one, go back and watch all the other break into tax videos. But once you've done that, um, don't ever hesitate to reach out to somebody who's in the profession. And I, I think that's something that oftentimes people are hesitant to do. But tax professionals love to talk about tax and they love to talk about what they do. And so if you're sitting there going, I don't know what it means to be in private practice and practice tax, well, don't hesitate to reach out and ask those curious questions um, because it's not something that is readily talked about in law school. There are always tax courses, but the different ways that you can be a tax lawyer and some of the different dynamics within the profession is not really outlined when you're in school. You kind of have to practice in it to understand. So reaching out and finding out the different ways you can use that expertise to figure out what might fit you best, that is the best way to find the information. Yeah, and I try to provide to my students, I have a, I have a page that I put on my course websites and I also make available separately to any of my students who are interested. Any Indiana law student who's not in my classes can also access this kind of laying out what are the types of practice areas in tax, what are the different you know, types of um, settings that you can do tax in. Mm -hmm. And I would also recommend for students who have questions about that, a few resources. Mm -hmm. One of them is the break into tax videos, which mm -hmm. Amanda mentioned, there are some tax careers videos where I'm, I'm gonna try to add to that series so that there's information about more types of tax careers. Another one is that the ABA tax section has a careers and mm -hmm. tax law book that's like package mentoring oh, with okay. short bios um, divided into like divided into topics like um, might be a particular type of tax like state and local tax. It might be a particular tax setting like legal academia. There's a, there's a whole bunch of them where there's usually three or four different people who kind of, who wrote like a 1500 word essay giving mm -hmm. information about their background and what they learned and what, what they would advise students. And then the third thing is I, social media can be really helpful. And in particular, Twitter, I find that Twitter has this sort of leveling aspect that there's law students on there and there's junior people, there's senior people and people often comment on each other's tweets and can be very helpful in um, connecting you with resources. So mm -hmm. that's just something that I would recommend. 
I really love that. I mean, from the Canadian perspective, because now I, I love sharing resources. So I'm going to add those ones into the show notes for sure for my podcast. From a Canadian perspective, um, we have the Canadian Tax Foundation, and there are young practitioner groups that have sprung up across the country. And they are a great way to get to meet others who have an interest in tax and to learn a little bit about it. Even when you're still in law school, the cost is so, so small. Um, and so it's much more accessible. And that's a great way. And I actually love LinkedIn in terms of a social media platform. I follow Video Tax News, which is a great Canadian group that posts wonderful information in easy to digest fashion. Um, I also follow Canada Revenue Agency and often will find out what's happening because they've posted something of interest. So I think LinkedIn's a great place as well to get a little bit of tax information um, to the masses. It definitely is. And I should also mention that the American Bar Association tax section has a young lawyers forum and they put on programming at their meetings. They also host a law student tax challenge transactional drafting competition, which is uh, like transactional moot court. And the, I believe that the meetings are free for law students to attend. So Wonderful. that's something to look into, particularly if there's a meeting that is going to be reasonably close to where you're located. That's awesome. And maybe I'll plug myself too. I love to, I, I love Instagram. That's my, one of my favorite places. So I'm the at tax.chick and I love to post a little bit about my daily life as a tax lawyer, because I think it's something that people are curious about. So feel free to pop on and check that out. And I follow lots of other tax lawyers on there as well, who also share. And so it's a great way to get a bit of an insight into kind of what our day looks like. You can find break into tax on Twitter at at break into tax. And you could find me, Leandra Letterman, at, at Leandra2848. And by the way, the 2848 is because that's the power of attorney form, the IRS form for power oh. of attorney. So it's a not to tax controversies. It's actually like Leandra, power of attorney. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I want to take a few minutes to explain who I am and why I started this podcast. I am a tax lawyer and I practice in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. I fell into the practice of tax law despite having a lifelong hatred of spreadsheets, math, and numbers in general. I feel pretty lucky because my day job allows me to have conversations with some wonderful people who are very knowledgeable in their fields of practice. I thought it might be fun to share some of these conversations with you. I know the tax can be complex, but there are some basic foundational principles and key information that you deserve to understand and to know. I hope that when you finish listening to each episode, you feel like you have learned at least one thing that will be helpful to you in your day-to-day -day life. And maybe we will even give you a laugh in the meantime. But enough about me, back to the episode. I love that. I love that because I was just going to ask you why 2848. So there we go. There we go. Yeah, because it's not like I was born in February 8th of 1948. I'm not that old. I may be senior, but I'm not that old. <laughs> 
Well, and I wonder actually if this is maybe a very good segue into the third topic that we were going to talk about, which is, you know, you and I have taken a bit of a different approach to how we practice tax. And, and you've got this amazing video series, Break Into Tax, and I have a podcast and a blog. And so I think it might be kind of fun to share why we went down those paths. Why do this as part of our practice? So I, I'd like to turn it over to you. I'm very curious as to Break Into Tax and where this all came from. So in the pandemic, I thought it would be helpful to have some asynchronous videos as well as the synchronous class time. And I talked to a number of people about that. And Allison Christians had been making some videos of cases that she recorded with alumni for her students. They were on Canadian cases. And so I used her idea in the first part of the pandemic and recorded some videos, one with, with one of our alumni, but the others actually mm -hmm. with other tax professors just discussing cases. And I just kept those internally. They weren't, at that point, I didn't have good video editing software mm -hmm. and they were just, they were fairly basic videos. But then as the pandemic continued, I contacted Allison and I said, hey, do you wanna make a video? And she uh, was really excited about it. And she had all kinds of video editing skill and <laughs> she, she was you know, kind of ambitious and said, you know, like, here's all things we could do with this. And the idea for break into tax was born. Mm -hmm. And so we decided, you know, once we started brainstorming, we thought of all these things we could do with it. And it wasn't focused on cases. It was let's have a, you know, if we're going to do this, let's put this on YouTube. And um, because the videos can look really polished. And so I had been thinking I needed better video editing software. And so I got the same software she has. And um, I started learning video editing. And so that's <laughs> how it got started. That is just awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, it's evolved over time. We did approximately 30 videos together and, um, you know, started various playlists trying to cover topics of general interest. And now we are in season two where I'm taking the lead and Allison will make cameo appearances from time to time. And so the, the channel is constantly evolving, but we're still trying to do the same things, which is reach audiences of law students, tax practitioners, tax scholars, anyone interested in tax. We're trying to kind of meet them where they are and mm -hmm. um, have fun with it at the same time as imparting tax content. Well, and I have really enjoyed your videos and you've had some really key foundational ones that I've passed along to law students here in Canada about you know different ways you can practice tax, why people love practicing tax. That was still one of my favorite videos. I mean, you had people from around the world that were on that video talking about their practice in their country and why it why it's so exciting to them. So really some wonderful information and, and funny. You guys are very funny and I enjoy a bit of humor in my videos. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks. And you know that why take tax video, which well, we actually did two why take tax videos, but I think in a way, Amanda, that was our first crossover in a sense. I think it was. I think it was. And it was such a great, I was so excited to be involved. It was such a wonderful project. And I did end up showing that to my husband as well. And he said he learned so much about why people want to be in tax because he just hears my portion of it all the time. But to get that global experience was so neat. 
Yeah. And it's funny because how did you and I get connected? I think I just uh, saw you on Instagram. Well, and I know Allison from before, um, cause Allison is, is good friends with somebody else that I know here in Canada. And so I think I had heard through the LinkedIn grapevine about your break into tax videos, and then you and I were able to connect and it's been so fun to watch them over the last year. I think they're a really wonderful thing, a wonderful resource for law students. And also I think for other practitioners who are kind of curious. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, we have a series that's also targeted at tax scholars, although anybody might be interested because they're just three or four or five minute, um, I call them a micro workshop of a, of a tax paper in progress. So to hear, you know, to hear about tax research. Amanda, let me ask you why the Tax Chick podcast? So my idea came out of the pandemic as well. So very similar to kind of the story that you're talking about. I have found that throughout the years, I practiced tax a certain way. And I thought everybody practiced tax that way. And the longer I practiced, the more I realized I was doing things a little differently. And the way that I like to practice taxes, I like to educate and empower my clients. And so I, I don't want my clients to feel like they have to phone me every five minutes because they don't understand what's going on. I want them to be able to go out for coffee with a friend and have a basic understanding of their corporate structure and why they're doing things the way that they are. And I want them to feel like they understand so that they can make educated decisions and they can call me before they do something. And so as a result, I was often answering the same questions over and over again. And I was often saying the same things over and over again. And I also have taught at the university. And so I have a bit of a passion for education. My dad was a professor of anatomy for his entire career. I grew up in, in a household where education and teaching was important. And you had to be able to teach things to someone else, not just know them in your own head. And I thought, well, like, I keep having these one-off conversations with people. And now we're all locked in our houses. So now I, I can't have the same conversations. What if I somehow got these conversations out to the masses? And I thought I had this podcast equipment sitting in my basement because I'd been thinking about a podcast for a while. So I learned how to hook it up and I started. And I don't think I ever imagined that it would it would go where it did in terms of the people I've been able to meet and the conversations I've been able to have. And my podcast is geared to to other advisors who are feeling stressed about tax and don't know how to issue identify. And it's also geared towards business owners and just individuals who want to learn more. And as part of that, there are a number of law students who listen. My goal is to take things and provide foundational information. So I want to talk about the basics. We don't talk about complex tax schemes. It's me having a conversation with one of my tax friends or one of my other advisor friends just talking about things that people are wondering about every day. And it has been so much fun, so much fun. I've really enjoyed it. And I think for season three, which is coming up uh, for me, starting in 2022, I'm hoping to do a bit more of a small business series because I feel like our business owners are really without a great one-stop resource for where they need to go to get information and to get support. And so I'm kind of hoping to do something like that for 2022. We'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. And I've been really impressed at both how you um, consistently release podcasts every month and how you have such a variety of 
people and topics and how you really make clear on Instagram. You have terrific Instagram stories really <laughs> showing you. what you're covering on the podcast and on the blog. And I think a lot of this really is about breaking down barriers mm -hmm. and kind of, um, you know, just getting information out so that people understand tax a bit more and also feel more comfortable entering the profession. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really love uh, the Instagram and I love the other CPAs and law, uh, law professionals that I follow because we all learn from each other, but I think it's a really fun medium. You can do a lot more fun things on Instagram than you can on, uh, on LinkedIn to be a little more serious on LinkedIn. Yeah. And Twitter is a little bit in the middle in a way it is. Well, Leandra, this was so fun today. I really enjoyed doing this crossover episode with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Amanda. It's really been great doing this crossover episode. And I'm really glad to have been able to be a guest on the Tax Chick podcast. Well, and I'm really excited to see all the new videos for season two of Break Into Tax. So thank you. Well, that is all we have time for today. I hope we gave you some food for thought or at least made you smile. Please see the show notes for any resource material that we reference throughout the episode and also to find out more about today's guest. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in reading or learning more, I invite you to subscribe to my blog, The Tax Chick Blog, and to follow me on Instagram under the handle at tax.chick. A huge thank you to my guest today and also a big thank you to my husband who created the music used in this episode. If you have an idea for a future episode or a burning question you would like to see discussed, please send me an email at thetaxchickpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, then please leave a review and click subscribe to be notified when new episodes are posted. Please note that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast episode belong solely to the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the speaker's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. In addition, the information provided and discussed in this podcast is not legal advice. We encourage you to consult with your legal advisor for specific advice.